Are the Calgary Flames actually for real? We'll discuss that with Jess Balmasto on today's Locked On Ducks. Let's hit that theme music. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for over a decade. And thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Also, don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms. So thank you once again for tuning in. So the Ducks next game still isn't until tomorrow. We've had no Ducks hockey since Friday. So it's been a while. Therefore, Jess Belmosto from Locked on Flames is going to join us in the podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about the Ducks and talk a little bit about the Flames and their newest acquisition, as well as a preview of tomorrow night's game. So that'll be fun. So if you're tuning in Tuesday night, this will be for tomorrow's game. If you're tuning in Wednesday morning, that'll be for tonight's game. So definitely check out the podcast later on where we'll actually preview the game. To start off with, we're going to talk about the Ducks at large, then talk about the Flames and their move. So we're going to have some fun here. And without much further ado, here is my crossover with Jess Balmasto from Locked on Flames. Got my Ducks hat. So I'm, I'm going to make the joke right off the bat. I noticed what you're wearing right now, so I thought I'd make you feel at home a little bit. Well, thank you. I I appreciate the Bruins jersey in the background. For those who aren't watching on YouTube, there's a uh, the winter 2011 Winter Classic jersey up with the what year is that Mighty Ducks jersey? That's a 25th anniversary jersey. Which, wow. by the way, they need to go back to that logo. Like I yesterday. agree, <laughs> because I didn't know that that logo was supposed to be a duck's foot. I thought I it was like a UFO. I we were on. I remember we were we were on Facetime or something talking about it, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, it's it's a, a, it's a D. It's a webbed foot shaped like a D." I didn't get that out of it, but yeah, come on, cowards! Give the fans what they want. Bring, right. bring back the Mighty Ducks logo. Bring back the Mighty Ducks logo and bring back Blasty. That's or it's even easy. or even wear this for a game. The logo from the movie. Exactly. I'm sure that, but there's probably like licensing rights and. Yeah. It's okay. They can do like a, a crossover, a brand crossover. They should. At I think they point. should. Oh, I, yeah. You know, that's something I'll put together, pitch it to the, to the league. They'll deny it. And then they'll just use it for their own. Of course or, they will because. They won't have to because, pay me. Yeah. Because the ducks anyway. Yeah, exactly. But. Your Ducks started this season off red hot. They were one of the worst teams in the league last year. And then were they officially the worst? Were they worse than Buffalo? Second worst. Okay, they were were almost worst. Okay, so, you know, I do have to give them credit. They weren't all the way at the bottom. No, not the Coyotes. Yeah, exactly. And they started this season off as, you know, the true underdogs and came in loud and hot. And what what's the difference? Because there aren't very many roster changes, it looks like. I'm going to use the hashtag that I've been using for the past two years. 
Hashtag let the kids play. I've been saying that forever. You you know I've been saying that for. Ages. Oh yeah, you've been saying that as long as I've been on the network. So. <laughs> Hashtag let the kids play. Yeah. The Ducks are doing well with their youth, despite Dallas Eakins, where we're seeing players like Trevor Zegras, the wonder kid of the National Hockey League, tear it up. He's among the rookie leaders in points right now, almost up there, if not for a couple of Red Wings guys. I mean, he's looking really good. Then, of course, you have Jamie Drysdale, who has been thrown to the Wolves more and more recently. Ducks fans, I'm going to say this again. Jamie Drysdale is still a teenager. He's a youth. He's 19. He's 19 years old. And he's at 19. He's I, people at, need at to not go to school. Yeah, like, honestly, when I was 19, I was going to, like, One Direction concerts every other weekend. So, um, this kid has, like, actual talent. And I'm looking at Hockey Reference right now, and he has 20 points. That's Mm -hmm. almost a point for every year he's been alive. Pretty good for a 19-year-old, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I think the thing is, when you're in the NHL, and I think of this as... um, kind of with similar to the NFL, you know, you, you're coming up and you're playing against kids your age, your size, you know, you get to college if, if you go that route. It's a little yeah. different because, you know, some some might be older, some might not be. Um, you get to the NHL or you get to the pros, whatever, and there's players old enough to be your parents in the league. And there's different size matchups, different age matchups, skill matchups, you name it. Um, And you might not compare that first two, maybe three years when you're getting that development under your belt. And it's very weird to see people shame young rookies or rookies really at all. But especially I'll I'll tell you what's weird about this batch of rookies is that they were not supposed to be in the NHL this early. Keep in mind that we had a pandemic last season. And because of the weird AHL rules last year regarding junior players in general, that's why Jamie Drysdale got a lot of opportunities with the Ducks. I mean, not as much with the Ducks, but he got a lot of chances with the San Diego goals last season. Trevor Zegras, he spent a lot of time in San Diego last season as well. In fact, they both played in that modified playoff bubble thing, whatever, in Bakersfield, which was really cool to be a part of and cool to see them up close. Unfortunately, they lost in heartbreaking fashion. But then you have other young guys on the Ducks that are still doing pretty well right now. I'm looking at, you know, Max Comtois. He's only 23 years old. Max Jones, he's out. Simon Benoit, who's 23. Josh Merher is 23. Isaac Lundestrom, who, by the way, had a really good game last time. He's only 22. And I saved the best for last for reasons because we both have a colleague, your co-host on... Western Conference Wednesdays, likes to call him Troy Vetchkin and get me in trouble. <laughs> but I'm, starting, I'm starting to embrace the nickname because Troy Terry is becoming that solid scorer. He's got a quarter century points right now. I say that kind of jokingly. Like Troy Terry has been the biggest difference for the Ducks this season. Again, only 24 years old. Um, he's a guy that is playing with a lot more confidence this season. Something that I've talked about a little bit on the show. Like we talk about his systematic playing and I talk about the fact that the system works better for him. He's on a line now with Ryan Getzloff and the always handsome Adam Henrique. But looking at that line, 
they complement each other so well. Gesloff has always been a playmaker kind of guy. And Troy Terry's definitely a finisher. Now that he's looking to shoot more, he's finally found that range. So, yes, it, it should be exciting to see Troy Terry, Trevor Zegris against some of these guys in Calgary. I mean, the, oh, the youth movement is strong. Oh, absolutely. Like, I'm looking at this roster, and I'm just – I'm so – enamored by how young this Ducks team is like Mason or no sorry um yeah Mason McTavish is 19 I know that he was just drafted what was that last year yeah um, and he's in the Olympics right now so yeah so that. like he's not even there but like Sonny Milano is 25 years old that's Sonny that, I love Sonny that see like right there that's like 18 on this roster for like age wise and then it goes in 25s, like that's like my cutoff point right now for the middle ground for young and old, and it's the happily Ducks. right in the middle. The Ducks have a lot, and that's fantastic. And I think that that's admirable to see <laughs> a team that was in that rebuild stage that had I don't want to say a super quick turnaround because obviously, like the playoff success hasn't happened quite yet, but they're they're making those steps to get there you're right and this is a team that was supposed to be rebuilding that's already gone through a lot over the past seven six seven months where you had former gm bob murray saying we're no longer retooling it's a rebuild and then bob murray unceremoniously leaving his post then we mm -hmm. had a vacant gm now we finally have a new gm and pat verbeek as of last week and I like the Verbeek hire a lot. The Ducks are going to be very active on this trade deadline by comparison. So it's an exciting time to be a Ducks fan right now. And it's exciting to watch this young Ducks team. And like I said, this is despite Coach Dallas Eakins. And this is the one thing that I've been afraid of all season. Is he's deploying his lines in a rather odd way. Just the last game the Ducks played against Seattle... Trevor Zegras, again, got benched for whatever reason. This is a pattern that started last season when Zegras made his NHL debut at Arizona. Where Interesting. The young guys. So it's it's been a weird season. And after the last game, Ducks fans, again, are calling for Dallas Eakins' head. As they it's, should. I would say rightfully so. I mean, I don't want to say it exactly, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you have <laughs> you have a lot more to protect. I can just <laughs> say what I want about the Ducks team. But coming up next, we will talk about kind of like you mentioned earlier, the confidence of um, the Ducks. And I think the Flames can relate similarly and we can draw some some comparisons. We'll have more with Jess Balmosto after this brief word from Primal Origins Oils. Got beard? Get Primal. You heard me right. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get Primal. Maybe you're that person who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Well, Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel-in beard products available. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted right here in the good old US of A. 
The combo kits make a great gift. And if you're shopping for yourself, you'll be so glad you did. I mean, I have a beard and these products are amazing. So if you want to try it for yourself, we know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients to the rest. We promise you will see and feel the difference. Remember the code locked on gets you 20% off at primaloriginoils.com. Once again, promo code locked on at checkout for 20% off at primaloriginoils.com. Coming up after the first intermission, we'll have more with Jess Balmasto, and we'll get to that on the other side. how the Ducks are playing with more confidence. When was their last coaching change? Their last coaching change was three seasons ago. So when I first started the podcast, that's when Dallas Eakins happens to come on. And the reason for that was because Bob Murray couldn't coach anymore. He couldn't have Carlisle coach. He couldn't have any of their previous coaches come back. So in comes Dallas Eakins. And the reason Eakins took the job was because of his success with the San Diego goals. However, Eakins has coached before with the Edmonton Oilers. It didn't go well at all. So, hmm, in comes Eakins. And then what happens that first season? Yep. That second season? And now we're in the third one, and we're kind of at middle ground. But This is the last year of his contract. I don't think he's coming back after this season. I was going to say, it, I wouldn't – I typically give coaches like a three to four and a half year window (laughs) and then you know it's truly typically time to move on but with uh the recent coaching change in Daryl Sutter I think that the Flames have finally found someone who is willing to work with them Mm -hmm. and push them instead of tolerating mediocrity lazy hockey um and wants to win you know, he has a winning resume. I don't think that, I mean, the past coaches did, but they were living in that past of only playing certain styles of hockey rather than allowing players to reach their full potential. Ducks fans are familiar with Daryl Sutter too. They know he's successful. Yeah. Yeah. 2012 and 2014 led the Kings to two cups. Right. Like this isn't anything new to you guys. No. No, we no. know how good we know how good Sutter is. We know he can get the best out of his players. Look what he did with that Kings roster. Exactly. Look what he, look what he did with Jeff Carter. Carts, by the way, who's been doing pretty well. So there's that. There's how he meshed with the young guys at the time. They were young guys. They're still in the Kings, by the way. At the right. time you had this young core of Drew Doughty of Dustin Brown, of Jonathan Quick, of Andre Kopitar, back when they were youths. And now they're all playing in their thousandth games, which right. <laughs> tells me how long I've been following hockey. <laughs> I mean, I don't... Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're they, older now, but that's yeah. what Daryl Sutter did with that core. Right, and I think that that, you know, you can look at that LA team and say, okay, well, he shaped them to be successful he molded them when they were young and 
you know, I, I don't know their, how old they were at the time off the top of my head, but I would assume they were probably around the same age as this Flames team. Um, you know, it's not as young as the Ducks, but, you know, we've got a bunch of 23, 24, 25-year-olds. Like, it's Except for fairly... the three former Kings, yeah. which I have to mention. Yeah, Trevor Lewis. Okay. Yeah, Trevor Lewis, Milan Lucic, and, okay, can I take Brad over? Richardson and now Tyler Toffoli. Can I make an announcement here on this podcast? Please use this. Over? Use your platform responsibly. Okay. So, so I will admit that I've been saying on my podcast all season that I don't think the Flames are quite for real. Like at the start of the season, I thought the start was a mirage. And as the season wore on, I said they're good, but I still wasn't completely sold on them. I still didn't think they were quite built for a run. And then they picked up Tyler Toffoli. And the Flames did not give up much to get Tyler Toffoli. I mean, the Montreal Canadiens are trying to collect the Infinity Stones of Pitlicks right now. So I think that, that they maybe have that's not part of it. Almost but all of them. I will admit this right now. With that recent trade, with how much Toffoli is going to change that team, I think the Flames are finally for real. Uh, they're making a push. That makes me so happy they're, because they're making a push, and I'll tell you why. Because the Flames already have a great top six right now. You've got great players like Gaudreau, Lindholm, Kachuk. Kachuk is a good player. And Brett, I love Brett. Mangiapani is one of my favorite non-ducks players Literally in the national hockey. Like, the best. He's a great up-and-coming star. I think he will be an all-star in due time, by the way. Just saying. So, and by yep. the way, Andrew Mangiapane, also a third round pick in that 2015 draft, just like Troy Terry. So, <laughs> little that 2015 little draft is just truly living on forever, especially that particular round yeah. of the draft. I mean, when you have Troy Terry and then you have close after that, Andrew Mangiapane, yeah, two diamonds in the rough, yep. as it were. And Tyler Toffoli to that possible top six Mick or put him on the third line and have three legit good lines. This Flames team could make a deep run. So, yeah, they're for real. And I can't believe I said that, but that's how I feel. That's how I I'm feel. So that's how they look that. right now. I have to yeah. get on it. And I'm glad that you mentioned um, potentially putting him on that third line because I was I don't think he'll play on the third line. I think they'll swap him and Coleman. But what I did say is it's going to be a deep top <laughs> top nine. It's very similar to that third line in Tampa that we saw when championship back to back championships. And now I, I don't think it's going to be you know, obviously like replicated, but you're going to have that depth that you need. Like it's truly just going to be like a second line 2.0. It's not going to be like, oh, here are my silly litter, little third liners just eating minutes or something like that. Like it's going to be productive. It's going to be successful and mm -hmm. will help them in that long playoff run. Hopefully. Yeah, and I, I think that's where the Ducks are going to have trouble on this upcoming game is the Flames now have three solid lines. Yeah. That, and they, they all could score, too. 
that's the thing. Toffoli is a playmaker, but he's also a scorer. It yes. was, I think it was exactly two years ago. Yeah, exactly two years ago when Tyler Toffoli scored a hat trick up in Colorado wow. in that outdoor game. If I'm not mistaken, I want to say it was two years ago to the day or close to it. But yeah. Yeah, because that was in February. Well, I mean, I, I know this because we have our colleague, Sarah Avampato, who was covering that game. Yeah. She has a jersey from that game. <laughs> You're welcome, Sarah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, but yeah, I think it was the title to Holy Hat Trick up there. And we know he's capable of scoring at will. So good luck, Ducks. <laughs> yeah. And then to wrap up the show today, we will talk about... Um, potential struggles and what what the little red flags we need to look for in these teams but let's talk about bet online betonline.net is your number one spot for uh, sports betting needs it remains the best spot for all your sports scores podcasts and news this season and it's not just basketball with football season over betonline.net is your source for hockey boxing UFC odds and right down to Olympic coverage and information. Head on over to the website today on your mobile device or laptop, leapfrog, iPad, whatever you decide. And to learn more about the trends and actions, bet online where the game starts. Please Jason, gamble responsibly. Yeah, please please gamble responsibly. Um, that's very important. Thank you for adding that. preview this game let's do this all right so all right. I, the flames are in the middle of a seven game home stretch they have won the last six games tonight well i lied tuesday they faced we're recording this on tuesday but they faced uh the columbus blue jackets we don't have an outcome yet um but i, I just feel like there's no slowing this team down I, at least right now. There, there isn't. And especially with the newest edition, it'll be interesting to see how Toffoli does against the Ducks because he loves facing the Ducks. Yeah. Loves it. Um, we know this. What is, like, the biggest red flag of your team right now? <laughs> oh, the biggest red flag. Or, or a combination of red flags. <laughs> I mean, would coaching be one? Yeah, absolutely. Mismanagement, about, mismanaging lines. Which happened last game against Seattle, a game they should have won. Yeah. And against Calgary, if Eakins mismanages his lines again, they're going to be toast on this game. So yeah. that's going to be the biggest thing, I think, is what's going to happen here. Mm, is Coach Alice Eakins going to mismanage again? My other big red flag is going to be the fourth, like the third and fourth line and how much they're used. But in general, that third and fourth line has given up some pretty easy goals this season. They've been burned a lot. And I think my other big red flag is going to be the back check. The back check has been something that they've been struggling with, especially late in games. 
That's how they gave up that goal against Seattle. There was a lack of a back check. They're getting back to those old habits earlier in the season where they just were not functioning well in that aspect. So if the Flames are super aggressive and they're looking to create turnovers, then that's going to be the way to do it. If Calgary wants to win this game, they got to force turnovers on the neutral zone and get in there right away. That could be the Flames' key to success and also the Ducks' undoing. So that's kind of one key for that. And might I just add, by the way, that Tyler Toffoli in his career has 17 points against the Ducks, eight goals and nine assists. That kind of ranks up there, but the team that he scored the most against, there's two of them, the Canucks and the Oilers. And the other team he scored a lot against, the Calgary Flames. Okay, but like... But now he's a flame, so... Yeah. Did you know that he's the first person to wear number 73 in the organization? What? Really? Yeah. No I didn't wore that he... number? No. Get out of here. I that's Man. not an odd number, but it is an odd number. I need to but look this up like... right now, because... <laughs> it's not... That seems... Oh my God! You're right. Wow. Right. Oh, a little bit of a little bit of history being made on this game. Yeah. So I was uh, I was very surprised to learn that. I I just I don't know. I expected somebody else in the 40 years of this franchise <laughs> to wear it at least once. But see, I'm used to this in Anaheim because Anaheim's had at least a couple players wear 73 just recently. Yeah. Andy Walensky wore 73 for the yeah. Ducks. And so like my thing that. with the Flames here is that this is the second half of a back-to-back. But the thing that makes no sense about this team is that they kind of, for whatever reason, they play – it's probably because they're in shape and they're not me. Mm-hmm. But – um they still play a very strong game, almost stronger than their first half, like their first game in that back-to-back. So I just, I am a little worried. And Dan Vladar is finally starting tonight. Um, this is his first game all season where he started at the Saddle Dome. So he'll go up against the Blue Jackets. And the last time the Flames played the Blue Jackets, it was ugly. They yep. scored a franchise or sh- shot a franchise high 62 shots on goal. Um, yeah, it was ugly, <laughs> but um, I just I'm interested to see how this goes. So am I, and conversely, for the Ducks, they hadn't played a game since Friday, they've been stewing in that loss to the Kraken for a few days now. So they're hungry. They're, they're hungry. Be- well, they were tied with a minute left and blew it. They blew that game. So it has been in the back of their minds Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, it has been in the back of their mind. And this starts a three-game road trip where they're playing the Flames, the Oilers, the Canucks, this was a makeup of the trip that they were supposed to have back in late December. Yeah. But, and know, then the, some, the panorama, someone the decided. Happened. Yeah, someone decided to spread COVID. Don't know whose team that could have been. The, the panorama mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. 
Um, hopefully my channel doesn't get flagged because I just said the C word, but um, I- Oh, you said the C word, you, you said um, Calgary? <laughs> exactly. ah! Said Calgary, they're gonna say no. Uh, Calgary? Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any score predictions or any sort of prediction heading into the game against the Flames? I'm, I'm sorry to do this, Ducks fans, but uh, the Flames are going to be a different looking team with Toffoli. And right now, the Ducks, they're coming off a bad loss, and I don't know if they can recover in time for that particular game. So I'm going to say it's a 4-2 to two game in favor of Calgary. And Toffoli scores a game against the Ducks because he likes to score against the Ducks. Yeah. We, we know this. Sorry. And he's hungry. He's hungry. He's been trapped in Montreal all season. Yeah. Yeah. Him, poor Dodger. Got got to yeah. feed those bones to Dodger. So sad. Um, yeah, you know, I'm going to say that the Flames win. But I also, I'm, if Trevor Zegris is benched, I will be upset. I I will walk to Anaheim and figure out a solution. Um, I, I've you seen enough bad news bears to know how to turn a team around. So I'll be your new head coach if that happens again. Pat Verbeek, eat your heart out. You're getting the whole Ducks experience right now. Yep. <laughs> so. Sorry to say. <laughs> or maybe it'll or maybe it'll be a turnaround. The Ducks will win. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I think that's kind of the the fun of hockey is that, you know, I, I don't think that you should ever underestimate your opponents. I think that's, I find that very just like disrespectful to do. I think you know, unless it's a team that is consistently bad, like the Arizona Coyotes or the Sabres. Like I think that you can, but the Ducks have had a change of tune this season. So I just think it's not fair to them to write them off and to snag, you know, your two points before it's even happened. I will predict in the broader picture, I think the Ducks lose that game, but they win the other two games. I think they win against the Canucks and I think they win against the Oilers. For morale reasons, I hope that your Ducks win against both teams, but specifically the Oilers. I'm taking a little too much joy in seeing the Oilers losing again I, and again and again. It is the best, like, tasting dessert times a million. And I've never really had a beef with Edmonton, especially because, like, I didn't start covering the Flames until, like, two years ago. But I just think that they're a horrible organization. I've been a Pacific Coast guy my whole yeah. life. Yeah. And I take great joy in seeing the Oilers lose. And wouldn't it be awesome if Trevor Zegers gets his first career hat trick against McDavid and, I and the rest of the Oilers? I think that would be beautiful. That would be poetic. That would be truly something. Big, bigger so, picture, folks. Bigger picture. Yeah. Go Ducks, but after the game against Calgary. <laughs> Once again, thanks so much to Jess Belmosto for coming on the program and having a fun little crossover with our two lousy, I mean, great teams right now. Hey, both our teams are doing good. The Ducks are in the playoff hunt and the Calgary Flames 
I know, I know what I said. I finally admitted that the Calgary Flames are for real. I mean, that trade did help them a lot. So <laughs> once again, thanks to Jess for coming on. Really appreciate it. All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Tomorrow will be a post-game podcast. That'll take place Wednesday night immediately following the Ducks versus Flames game. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Don't forget, this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Odyssey, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast, among several others. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you may do so at LO underscore Ducks. That is the Locked On Ducks Twitter. My personal Twitter is at StimpyJD. And a quick little plug here. Um, I do public address and I do help out with the Ontario Fury indoor soccer team. And I do talk about that on my personal Twitter. So just kind of off topic, if you guys want to check out some indoor soccer action, hey, feel free to come on down to Toyota Arena in Ontario and check out some indoor soccer. Tonight's game's a big one. The San Diego Soccers and the Ontario Fury. So definitely come on down, say hi, and check out some fun action. All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying please have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together.